Welcome to the Border Outdoors podcast. I'm Mac. I am Tim. We have a special guest today, and his name is Cody. Hello, everyone. Uh, Hi, Cody. Cody is my cousin. He's my nephew. And I have, well, literally met him my entire life because I'm older. But uh, everyone has that one person that they always hang out with when they're kids. And I've hung out with Cody anytime he, he lived up in Park Rapids area. Anytime he'd come back, I'd be super excited. Obviously, when I'm a kid now, not so much, but um, he's my best man in my wedding. And I am super excited for the wedding. I'm super excited for Cody to come down from up north and do a podcast. And we're just going to let Cody kind of take take the wheel here. We'll, we'll, at first, we'll start with uh, his first experience, and then we'll go from there. No pressure. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kind of a handful of uh, first experiences. Uh, not quite sure when to go with. Uh, I think I'll just go with the classic. Uh, my first deer. So I was, I've been hunting for a few years at the point, or I was hunting my own now. If I remember correctly, I think I was sixteen. So I've been hunting for four or five years at this point, or tag along, and it was a warm year. So, we kind of got bored sitting in the stand. So, uh, my dad and my sister were hunting a few hundred yards away. They got bored in their stand, so they were walking up this trail that we were hunting off of. And, like, hey, let's go walk. Sounds good to me. I was getting bored. Between hold on, my... Hold on, hold on. Paint this picture. Where are you guys hunting at this point? Are you? I know you lived up north, up in Park Rapids for, for quite some time. So where are you at now? You said 16 years old? Yep. Okay, and now this is your, you know, you've been hunting for a, a handful of years, right? Yeah, I was able to legally hunt four years at this point. Okay. I started hunting right at 12 after gun safety and everything like that. So where, where's this story based out of? This is out of up north or where are you uh, at? Yep, up north in the Park Rapids area. We're, I think, about five miles outside of uh, Emmaville. Oh, okay. Tiny sure. little town, and we we're releasing some uh, potlatch land we had for quite a few years. And there was this uh, cross country uh, skiing trail that connected ten states. We we're hunting off of that, so we'd pick a nice stand or spot. My stand was kind of in this when uh, there's two little ponds, and you got your little bridge, and uh, my stand was. About 100 yards away from when the bridge opened up. So, like, the bridge, is it just, a like, a ridge? Like, or is there an actual man-made bridge? That nope, it's just, uh, it's natural. Okay. It's just separating the two ponds. So, you're you're pretty much hunting, like, a, a, a pinch point where there's a creek on each side. This is kind of, in the area that you're hunting, this is the area where the deer are going to cross this little, yeah. you know, pinch point where they're uh, going to 
obviously pinch them to get across the creek, and then it opens up back again. Yep. Okay. So uh, we decided to just go down or just continue walking the cross-country skiing path because that's a lot easier than going through brush and a lot quieter because it was kind of a warm year, so all the saw or all the leaves were crunchy so you didn't really want to make that much noise scare them away so we're that classic uh walk 10 feet stop listen did that a few times and i was in the lead since i haven't had gotten a deer yet so dad put me in the lead uh, my sister wasn't old enough to hunt quite yet i think she was like a year away was she but, taking along with you guys yep. though okay. yeah she's so it's a three of you yep it's okay. the three of us she was sitting with dad she loves hunting. She tries to get out for those two weeks. I mean, if she could, she'd probably be out in the stand the whole time, rain or shine. What, uh, not to kind of keep inter- interrupting your, your story, we're just trying to, you know, draw a picture yep. a little bit. So we've heard from other people on the podcast, their family, you know, rules and traditions. You know, obviously the Butcher Brothers, they have to sit with their, their dad for two years, and then after that, then they can go hunting on their own with with you guys is there are certain rules that you guys have at deer camp you have to be there for so many years and then you can hunt by yourself or or uh, is, is that just like you're 16 that was the first time you went or no we ha- do have the family tradition is uh we sit with somebody for the first two years and we don't get our own gun we have a single shot thirty thirty. we got to carry around and use that for the first couple of years too is it loaded? Yep. When we're hunting. Well, so you From, guys you guys are going out at the age yep, where if you uh, could hunt by yep. your, so like what between is between twelve and fourteen. Yeah, okay. We so. sit with somebody. Yeah. We were not on our own or anything like that, carrying around the single shot thirty thirty. Yep. And then after that it's you buy your own gun or one gets passed down to you or So like is that kind of just like a Minnesota thing where you go like Tim, you being, you know, a father of two kids. Is that a Minnesota thing where you go and that's like kind of the rule that you grew up with talking about, you know, your first deer. Do you always sit with your someone for two years before you can go hunt? Is that just a way to break in you like, okay, this is what stuff sounds like. This is how, you know, to be safe. Or, I mean, I, I, I don't know a single person that the the day that you turn what is it 12 yep you go go hunt by yourself and figure it out well you do know a certain person he's sitting off to your you're right <laughs> oh really uh, yeah no that's that's how i hunted and how i started off i never sat with anybody i never sat with my dad um it was 12 years old you're legal to shoot and it, well back then you, you were legal to you know hunt on your own yeah you, you have your gun training it, that's all done you have your license. You're you're now a licensed hunter, and we got sent out in the woods, and basically, yeah, we hunted on our own. Um, I think the laws have changed, and and they're they're trying to get more of the youth involved. Um, when Wyatt was um, my son Wyatt, when he was ten years old, he was able to come sit with me, and he could have a gun with him, and he would have you know he has to be within hands reach of of a a licensed hunter with the the gun certificate, all that kind of jazz. So that's how I started off with my kids is they sat with me those first few years and 
God, I'm try- I'm trying to think when it was when we could cut them free, and I I want to say it's it's like I think it is fourteen. Fourteen, where I, yeah, I think so. Is yep. when you can legally hunt by yourself. And yeah, I think that's kind of how that tradition kind of got started with a lot of people. Yeah, you, if you, I remember correctly, you guys are obviously in a little younger generation, and not you know from me, but um, yeah. So my kids started off sitting with me from ten until fourteen, and then they can go off on their own and and hunt. Um, I think there is something though at twelve. God, uh, we might have to fire up the Google machine here, but at twelve years old, I think it's you can go off on your own, but you need to have uh, line of sight and I think even sound um, in order to sit by yourself. It, it is a little bit strange now because it seems like a twelve-year-old, you're not going to put them out in a deer stand yeah, all by themselves no. without any any guidance or line of sight. Things change, you know, unfortunately, we get a little, I hate to say it, a little softer, I well, guess. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. You guys kind of, you know, you grew up in a different generation, obviously, than we did. And you didn't have a lot of the, I guess, I don't, I didn't want to say technology, but, um, but I'm just going to say you have, you had a lot of the technology. You didn't have video games. You're, you grew up on a farm. You were out working. You hey, had, we had duck hunt. Well, no. Nintendo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that was fun. <laughs> that was a good time. But, like, you guys, you you had more common sense, it seems like, than, than even, like, I, you know, being a generation or millennial, I think that we have more common sense than was a Generation Z or whatever it is. Also, I think it comes in factor they kind of grew up with guns being more prevalent in the household, yeah, too, at that yeah. age. Yeah. Because well, I grew up with guns anywhere, and family taught is like don't, don't touch it. Yeah, yeah hear where they are. It, don't show anybody. Don't show your friends. Just leave them be. Yeah, back then you, there you for really a didn't need a gun safe in your household because you, mm-hmm. people knew to respect yep. that kind of uh, um, firearm, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. Think things have changed so much, and I, I just don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know, future generations. Um, it does seem like things get a little softer as, as we go by and yeah. And, and I, so I don't know what that's going to bring. And that's like, I kind of, I actually, it's not the perfect time to bring it up, but I think it's a good time to, you know, bring it up where like, there's a, there's a lot of people that debate about, it. I mean, obviously everybody has a lot of different point of views nowadays and there's a lot of people and I'm kind of one of them where we grew up, like you said, Cody. You had guns in the house. You knew how to use them. You knew how dangerous they were, and you just didn't touch them. Like yeah, that was that was your dad's. You didn't want your dad to come home and find out if you did something stupid. And you know, looking back, you're happy that you were raised the, the way you were because a lot of these people do do something stupid, and because because they're not educated enough on. You know, firearms, and then you have a lot of shootings, and I'm not trying to be a little, you know, I'm not trying to be political about all this stuff, but I think that the education purpose is about firearms and just anything in the outdoors that's dangerous in general. Like, if you are slowly worked up to it about these things, obviously they can't tell you every danger there is. That's where the common sense, you know, comes comes in. I think the biggest issue is the education. It uh, parents just say, don't touch it, they're bad. Or does parents say, don't touch this, never touch it. You tell that to a kid, what are they going to do? 
they want to touch it even more. Yeah. You don't teach them the proper way to handle one. You don't tell them the dangers of it, anything like that. So that's where accidents happen where, I mean, most accidents happen when you don't have knowledge of something and you don't know how to do it properly. Yeah. So with that being said, my generation was more or less, um, you were told not to touch it, but if you did touch it, you're going to wind up with that gun up your ass sideways. (laughs) <laughs> your guys' generation, you're going to get told not to touch it, and if you do touch it, you're going to get told again, don't touch it. <laughs> no, the first time was... No, 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 no. I, I, it's kind of like the cops growing up was the first time was a verbal warning, the second time was a ticket, but that in the form of a ticket was a back of someone's hand to the head. I, I remember growing up one time, and I had a temper tantrum, and I slammed the back door of... The house. Oh, my dad, you no know, bitching at me. He's get your ass back in here. So, like, obviously, it sounds worse than what it is, but you know, <laughs> I deserved it. And he, and all of a sudden, I come back in the house, and this is the first and only time I legitly had a boot in the fucking ass. Like he kicked me, like punted me in the ass, and said, "Don't ever slam that door again," because I think it was along the lines of the house is resided. They got brand new doors, and then I throw a temper tantrum I slam the door and you know they spent all this money and I remember getting a foot in the ass and I'm going that fucking hurt <laughs> like that fucking like I'm not doing that again and I never did but like I don't know it's also you don't pay the bills around this house so you can't slam a door <laughs> yeah and I, I think I was like seven eight yeah like I was you know I was way back when and you know that's the way you learn but I'm, get... I'm smiling listening to this story. <laughs> I wound up with a size 15 in my ass many times. <laughs> so, Cody, anyways, yeah, tell yeah. us more about your uh, first yeah. time out uh, shooting at deer. Okay, so, oh, okay. yeah, we'll, we'll paint the picture a little bit more. You're in this, there, you're, in, you're sitting in your stand, you're 100 yards yeah. away from a creek where it kind of pinch point for the deer. Your dad and your sister, Ashley, are, uh, down down a ways from you they say hey we're going for a walk so you guys are walking kind of stretching your legs a little bit but still hunting at the same time yep so we did the repeat process of walking 10 feet stop listen for anything if we stirred anything up or anything did that a few times we're about 100 or actually probably 50 yards away from my stand then all of a sudden i heard crunching of leaves from over this hill like ooh, and didn't get my hopes too high because squirrels were moving around, so didn't want to see a little chipmunk or squirrel come over this hill and chirp at me. He's like, oh, I'm going to... I almost shot a squirrel a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> because I was sitting in the stand, and they're sitting there chirping at me like I'm in their territory, which, well, I was, but... They're not saying you're in the territory. <laughs> they're just laughing at you. Or that, too. <laughs> little bastards. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever see that, that uh, commercial on Facebook? Where the guy's dressed up as a squirrel and he's running through. Hey, what are sure you doing? Is, sure you're, is quiet out here, huh? You, are you hunting deer? <laughs> what are you hunting for? <laughs> Every time I hear anything about a squirrel and your deer hunting, that's the first thing I think of. <laughs> oh, no, that guy's no. out there, the squirrel's raking fucking leaves. <laughs> what are you doing? Hunting are, stuff. You hunting stuff? Oh, my God. I can see it. Anybody listening to this right now, they can see it, too. It's hilarious. Fucking uh. squirrels. All right. So it got louder, so it's like, okay, it's not a squirrel, it's something what's bigger. And then I remember the, uh, earlier that day, one of our party members 
said he's been walking a lot this year, so I'm like, okay, it might be him. Just walking or walking the trail too. But all of a sudden, this doe crested the hill. I'm like, oh shit, it's going down. So kind of stood still. The doe's still, still walking. Doesn't even notice us, anything like that. So slowly pull up the gun to my shoulder. Had the crosshairs on her. Waiting for her to stop. So get a clean shot, everything like that. The doe is still walking, walking. I'm just eyes down the scope, minding my own business. Then I finally stopped, touched her off. It ran 10 feet and dropped. Then all of a sudden, my dad's super excited. He's like, by the way, you took freaking forever for that. <laughs> I was about 30 seconds away from raising my gun and shooting over your shoulder. <laughs> You're being way too patient for that. I'm like, I thought we wanted a clean shot. He's like, yeah, but I would have started firing like right out, <laughs> right after it crossed the crest of the hill. You and Whoa. Got a little too picky for the old man, huh? Well, yeah, a little bit. But like, uh, also, he was hunting with a semi-automatic .30-06. I'm hunting with a bolt-action .243. So I was going to say what we're using, but that, like you saying, like you waiting and, you know, you want a clean kill. Like, I thought we were supposed to do like a clean shot, you know, quick, fast, deadly. He was probably, would you say that like, I've, I've heard this story and there's some things that you missed out. Would you say your dad was super stoked? Oh, yeah. He was 10 times more excited about it than me. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's like something that your dad, along with you, will never forget. No. Your, your, it, your entire life. I think what really added to it is he saw the whole thing. Yep. It, he didn't hear a shot from the distance and then shoot the text over. Like, oh, did you get one? Yep. And yeah. He watched the whole thing happen in front of his eyes. So I think that's what really topped her off. Yeah, that's and that and that's and like what I was what I was going on before is that you paid attention to the fact that you have you know a single shot or not a single shot, but you have a bolt action two forty three. You have realistically you have one shot. Make it count, and you listen yep. to the fact that you're gonna you know aim for the vitals. Where did you hit it? Ah, uh, right in the lungs. Double lunged it. Yep. So yeah. And it ran 10 feet and just <laughs> dove right into the dirt. And it didn't even move after that. And no, knowing your dad, um, by him giving you some shit about saying, what did you wait for, you know, so long for? Um, knowing your dad, like I said, <laughs> that's a sign of affection right there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's trying to tell you how proud he is of what you just did. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know he, that. Yeah, he's got to give you some shit. But that that right there, that's his sign. That he He's a very proud man. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, I like I've said I've heard this story before, but every time every time I hear it, there's a little more details. Like I never heard the details of where your stand was with the cricks oh. and all that stuff. You know, it's it's always a, a story about different things, and I didn't want this to be a deer hunting story or a podcast, but fuck it, we're sitting oh. we're why not be a deer hunting podcast? Yeah, like I'm. I'm full blown love deer hunting. Majority of the people in Minnesota, they they if they go do outdoor sports, it's usually <clears throat> deer hunting and ice fishing. Yeah, you know what's funny though? Now I just thought of this. I don't know why it took me this long to think about this, <laughs> but shooting a deer and 
catching a crappie and letting it die in your five gallon bucket, what's the difference, right? A lot. Yeah, there's oh, a yeah. huge difference. Huge difference. But yet we'll sit here and we'll we'll slaughter fish all day long. You know, catch your five, six, seven, yeah. ten crappies if you're lucky. <laughs> um, but that shooting that deer, it's 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 such a big deal. And I've listened to a lot of your all these other podcasts that that has been done on the border, and we talk about um, hunting, you know, ducks, hunting geese, hunting deer, um, fishing. What a difference it is to to actually shoot that deer. What a big deal! It's it's a huge deal. It's it's something that peop, some people don't experience, and and I, it's like I've seen some posts because I have I have some. I have some really good friends that they don't agree with, you know, hunting yeah. and, and they don't agree with, you know, like slaughtering pigs and like, you know, Tim, you guys are farmers and that's what you guys do for a living and that's how you get your meat. And I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's really funny because I never thought I could be really good friends with, you know, with, with people that are like that because I grew up with my dad being a, you know, meat specialist and, you know, dealing with meat, eating meat all the time, going hunting and all this. And then, you know, as you grow up and you, you learn different things and then you, you, you become friends with people that don't agree with the same things you do, but you don't let it, you know, stir you away. And these people don't, they don't believe in hunting and they don't believe in all this stuff. And I'm like, that's fine. As long as you believe in what you believe in and I believe in what I believe in, it doesn't matter. As long as you're not preaching to me about how I shouldn't be shooting deer and and I'm not preaching to you about how I should and the the benefits of, you know, management and all these things that are going on that, you know, people don't understand and I'm, and they probably do, but they still have their beliefs and I'm completely okay with that. But like to go on, like I've, I've told, you know, my first deer story before, but just the feeling of it, and Tim, you can kind of, you know, go on this as well. Just that, it's almost like all this weight has been lifted off of your shoulders. It's like a passage. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah, that's that's actually a really good way to put it, because you always hear, like, you know, in the Midwest, you're hunting deer. It's like a family tradition. You're going out, you're shooting deer. Because well, it seems like to be, like, one of the most consistent and oldest family tradition was it has been deer hunting. Yeah. Right. You're, you're going to send that little warrior out there mm-hmm. <laughs> to to go out and uh, harvest meat for a family. And, yep. that, and that's the biggest thing is that people don't realize that's what you're doing. Some people go out and they go and they go trophy hunt. 90% of the people that live in the Midwest, besides the people that live in Iowa, <laughs> Iowa. Or, or, or I mean like Iowa or people that, you know, are like able to own their land and and manage you know deer they go out and they you know they grow these nice deer i'm not saying anything about going out and shooting big big bucks and hanging them up on your your wall if you got all the opportunity to do it or if you got the money to go to these places and do it go for it because recently i was i actually talked to somebody that works at a fenced in deer farm and I was completely against it. And he was explaining to me about the different things that they do and how they protect themselves and from like CWD and all this stuff. And I'm just like, fuck, if you got the money to do it, if I had the money to do it, why not? If I got the opportunity oh, yeah. to go shoot a 200 plus deer, 
I'd probably go do it. <laughs> Honestly, like we're we're out there grinding and I bow hunt and you guys rifle. And that's all you're doing for the most part for like a normal, I guess, to get back on topic. For a normal guy, you're going out for them two, three weekends or if you can go muzzle loading or whatever. You're going out there because you're going out there because you like the taste of venison. You like you like the grind of going out there. You like the experience of deer camp. You like the experience of the memories you make with everybody at deer camp. I mean, that's what it all includes. Like, I don't have a deer camp, but I enjoy calling my brothers. I enjoy calling my buddies and tell them, hey, I just shot this doe with my bow. What are you doing? Nothing right now. <laughs> Everything I had booked is gone. We're going out. We're going to go find this deer. We're going to drag it back to the truck. We're going to go hang it in the shed. And guess what we're going to do? What we're doing right now. We're going to sit here and we're going to drink beer and we're going to talk deer hunting. Like it's all the, the camaraderie of everybody coming together over something so simple. And like these people are helping you, you do the work. They're helping you gut it. They're helping you drag it. And what do they get out of it? A well, good story. It, yeah. And it's, it's a lot like, okay, I, I, um, Let's just imagine you're sitting in your shed. You got this freshly killed deer hanging from the rafters. Everyone's going to sit around and we're going to drink beer and we're going to talk about it, right? So I've, I've thought of this a lot of times when you're sitting around a campfire or something like that where um, you, you, you're sitting around this campfire and you wonder, what would this conversation be like if we didn't have this fire in front of you? Well, it's the same thing when you come with a, having a deer carcass hanging from the, uh, the rafters of your shed. Um, you're not going to stand around in a circle in the shed and drink beer and just stare at nothing. Yeah. You got a story to tell. It's like, it's legendary. It's, it's stuff that you, you thrive off of. And here in our, our location in the Midwest, this is what we do. You know, this is how we grew up. This is the, th- the th- kind of things that we do to, uh, keep us going. You know, pass the time throughout the fall and, and, you know, hopefully provide food for the family. But it, a lot of it, it's, it's the sport of what you're doing. And the camaraderie, you know, yeah, Kenzie just said he doesn't sit around a, at a deer camp. He's out hunting pretty much by himself. But once that kill is done, he can get around with his brothers and his friends and his cousins and his family, whatever, and talk about it. And they're going to sit and drink beer and talk about it and have a good time. You know, it's all about the memories and, and there's there's so much to it. And that, and it goes, and we've talked about, you know, when you were on with your first experience, Tim. Mm-hmm. There's so much that goes on after. In a couple of weeks here, we're going to be going in, and this is going to be my first time. Like, I've, you know, I've I've ground up deer or venison into, into hamburger. But in a couple of weeks, we're going to fir- be our first time to full-blown. We're going to go in, and we're going to make sausage. We're going to go stuff it. <laughs> we're going to smoke it. We're going to try all this different stuff, and it's it's just something for, like, what guys like to do for the most part that, you know, grow up the way we do in the outdoors is there's a whole process of doing all this. You, you shoot the deer, you clean it, and then now you got the processing part of it, and if you want to take it in, take it in. There's no problem with that. A lot of people do it, and if you don't have the time, you don't have the, the, the equipment, the, 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 money co- too, the yeah. equipment to do it, um, go, go for it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but if you have the equipment and time to do it and you want to mess around with making your own special seasoning or smoking it a different way every time or adding some jalapeno cheese or jalapenos to some Polish sausage so you can mix it with your macaroni and cheese, 
it's just something to to make you uh, look forward to doing it even more. And it's, it's and it's another thing that you can do with your family. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be another new experience for us as well. Um, yeah, like Kenzie just said, we a lot of times um, we'll, we'll just make the the steaks, the chops, the roast, and grind up some uh, the venison and use it as. Uh, well, in my family, we take that ground venison, we use it for tacos and spaghetti, anything you're going to kind of brown and make it into a, uh, a seasoned dish. Um, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of weeks here to where, and I, I've wanted to do this for a long time. I've experimented a little bit about making my, my own um, summer sausage, and that was before even, that was like one of the first meats I ever smoked. And after that, I've been smoking a lot of uh, different meats, and it's it's you know I've I've ad- advanced uh, my um, my techniques and things like that. But yeah, so we're gonna start off now to where we're gonna bring in all of our deer. We're gonna bring in some of our our pork. We we all have pork um, trimmings that we have laying around. We're gonna put all this stuff together. We're gonna make some uh, pullet sausage, summer sausage, maybe some sticks, whatever. But now, hopefully, every year this becomes a new thing for us as well. As a family, that's that's one of the things we want to get together, and we want to want to process all this kind of meat that we we gather over the fall. You know, just it's you think about it, it's like the they did it back in the olden days. You know, even a bad weekend of hunting where you don't get any deer, you're going to be walking away with memories and funny stories, or Always. that you're going to be talking about or making fun of one guy because he said something wrong. They're yeah. all funny. And you... I have some weird. <laughs> we, we do weird crap in our deer stands. Um, if my daughter Addie ever listens, well, either one of my kids ever listens to this stuff, this is funny. One of the things I do, and right now they're probably already thinking, all right, the dead flies. So you you have a deer stand that's sitting out in the, the uh, woods, like I do, that has windows and things like that on it. Um, you you collect a handful of uh, flies in a deer stand, right? So you bring in that heater, and after a few hours of heating up the deer stand, what happens? These flies come to life. <laughs> so <laughs> here's one of the traditions. Speaking of traditions, here's what we do. Um, you guys don't even know this story yet, so this will be a little surprise to you. But what we do is we'll, we'll catch these flies, and um, we'll find out who's got the longest hair in a deer stand. Cody just gave me a really weird look. Wants to know what's going on here. Um, so what we do is we'll find a, a really long hair, and I actually tie the, a little knot in the end of that hair. And with that live fly, someone's grabbing it by, like, say, the, the, the body. You stick the head out, and you take and you tie that knot around that fly's head. So you lasso it. You lasso it. You have no lasso, or you have now a pet fly on a leash. I'm literally waiting for him to say you put the oil on the skin. No, <laughs> you put not. the lotion on the skin. <laughs> you do not put the lotion on the skin. Um, we're, we're hunting <laughs> with my kids. <laughs> so the first time I ever did this, I was hunting with Wyatt and. I said we need to we need to put a leash on that fly, and he's whatever you know, dad joke. I didn't know there's dad jokes until Facebook says there's dad jokes. <laughs> but I said let go of that fly, and I'm holding on to that that hair, and this fucking fly is flying around in circles, <laughs> just keeps on flying around in circles. So after what four years of Wyatt sitting in a, the stand with me, it's Addie's time to sit in the stand with me now. My my youngest daughter. 
And all of a sudden we're sitting in in there and I think it was like, you know, mid mid after, mid morning probably. It's warm enough in the stand now. The flies are coming alive. And she's kind of looking around and the first thing pops in my head, I'm like, "Oh shit, I got to make myself a lasso. Get this le- get a leash for this fly." And uh, you know, she's she had long hair. <laughs> so I I told her I said, "Pull a hair out of your head." And she's like, "What?" I said, "Pull a hair out of your head." So, she, all right. Don't make me ask. Don't make me tell you twice. Yeah, goddamn it. Pull a hair out of your head. Let's get this over with. So she did, and she's like, "Now what?" And I said, "Catch one of those flies." Why? So we're gonna put on a leash. She kind of looked at me with the big wide eyes. She's like, "Really? Yeah, we're gonna put on a leash." Did the same thing. I said, "Okay." I tied the leash around the, the neck. She let go of this fly, and the damn thing's flying around in circles. Both kids got the same reaction out of this, and now every year, this is kind of funny now because I'm still sitting in that stand with with Hattie. She's not quite old enough. I think another year in the stand, and she's off on her own. And I don't know after that. I don't know who I'm going to catch flies with, and or who's going to hold the fly while I tie my beard hairs around his <laughs> damn fly. But um, now, when we sit out in a deer stand, that first fly flies across that deer stand. She looks at me, <gasps> pull a beard hair out. We got We got We got tie. We we did find out later on. Beard hairs are too heavy for flies. Really? He, yeah. You need something a little lighter. So we use her hair instead of mine. Beard hairs are that dense? Too yeah, thick. Too thick. Really? Yep. The the flies will not. Uh, um, fly. I can actually tell you like how thick of a beard hair is versus a head hair. Uh, yeah. I was bored at work. Uh, He's a machinist who works with calipers. And <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. For for everyone wondering out there. All of us at Border Outdoors do have beards. So I have a saying I've been saying for a while. Everyone laughs, <laughs> at me. Um, but if you want to meet at the borders, you don't have to have a beard, but it helps. It does help. <laughs> so Scott, that's, that's like funny is because Scott, God, how long has he been married into the family? Oh, boy. 15 years? Uh, six, 15, 16, maybe, yeah. This is his first year growing a beard. Always he was he always had like a soul patch, and he's like and that's why he he said a joke a long time ago about how all he had to do was grow a beard and he'd be accepted into the family, and now here we are. <laughs> we, all, we all took that big deep breath like oh he's finally part of the family. Yes, it only took so long. <laughs> yeah, we are a, a scruffy bunch. I don't know. So if anyone out there that that's has some uh, that's listening that has some killer beards send some pictures we might have to do a contest oh yeah i i don't think we well, might have to do a couple different uh categories like length and maybe <laughs> maybe girth but <laughs> <laughs> you talking, talking about beards <laughs> uh you guys knew yeah. that was coming yeah, we're, we're still talking about beards yes so please we got to do uh what uh now we're talking about deer hunting every year I always shave my beard down because I usually grow it from November to damn near November. And I always sh- shave my beard down into what I call the rut stash. Seeing you do it bass backwards because a lot of people don't grow a beard until yeah, first they don't, November. Until the first November. Yeah, no right, shave, no November. shave November. But yep. I grow a beard all year until, <laughs> oh, actually scratch, it's it's not November, it's the day after in the middle of October of the old lady's birthday because she doesn't want my mustache on her birthday. <laughs> so I wait till the next day of her birthday 
and then I shave it down into my rut stash, which is just a handlebar mustache <laughs> that comes down about like five, six inches past my chin. <laughs> it's just like the big like tombstone. Tombstone, if you ever if anyone's ever seen the movie Tombstone. Only thirty seven times. Yeah. Man. Just a huge mustache. My oldest son is named Wyatt. <laughs> Wyatt Uh that's why. Is it really? Yeah. I I had that name picked out when I was in high school. <laughs> and it stuck. I'm just gonna start calling him Erp. If it was gonna be Wyatt or it was gonna be Morgan if it was a girl. For Captain? Nope. Wyatt's brother, Morgan. That's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam Elliott? Yeah, because... Was it Sam really... Elliott or was it Bill no, no, Paxton? No, no, Sam Elliott. That was Virgil, right? Virgil was, yep. Sam, was Sam Elliott. Yeah. Oh, who, pa- Paxton, that was uh, Morgan, yeah. Oh, yeah. He died on the pool table. <laughs> yep. We went to Tombstone, Arizona when Wyatt was two years old, or two months old. Pretty cool. I need to go there. That's Very... one place. I go to I go to Phoenix, um... I guess I didn't say a lot, but I've been there more than anywhere else pretty much around here besides Montana. Tombstone's just a few hours um, south, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'll make a trip there. I know uh, people that I know have been there quite a bit, and it's pretty much the same as what it used to be. Yeah, you can go see the old grave graveyard and all that kind of stuff. It's it is actually it's pretty neat. That we, no, we liked it. Deadwood. Yep. Deadwood, oh, yeah. Deadwood would be good. We almost we almost swung by there last fall. Uh, when did we go out there? It was in last, a snowstorm. Last uh, two falls ago now. It was in October, right? Yeah, at the end of October. I, yeah. Going out in the snowstorm. Blizzard through North Dakota and Montana. It only took us 24 hours to get out to fucking Glacier. Yeah, and then we decided to take the roundabout way just to avoid the weather, and it took 24 more hours. Yeah, well, it actually saved us because 94 was closed. But anyways, um, we get back on deer hunting. I have a story. I've been kind of waiting to tell this story. It's the uh, the story of the 10, the, uh, actually, I thought it was a 10-pointer until I looked at it like a month or two ago, and I was like, oh, never mind, it's only an 8-pointer. Um, the biggest buck that I ever shot, it was uh, not this last year's two two years ago i had this private land and i had these these bucks on camera and uh it's not a it's not like a giant buck by all means but it's the second buck that i've ever shot in my life and uh i was sitting in a ground blind that seth let me borrow <laughs> and i was going out a like a ton on this private land. I was going out there damn near every day. I have my Fred Bear bow. And there was this one deer I kept seeing. It was early October. It was right at last light. I shot right over its back. And I obviously I missed. Super disappointed in myself. Sat and I kept shooting and shooting and shooting. To make sure that I wasn't going to miss again. I bought... The Rage Extreme broadheads that they just came out that year. And Matt and Mitch were telling me, well, you know, shoot these Rages, see what they do. And, or no, they they came out. This was be my second year of shooting them. And the first deer that I shot, I shot right in the chest. And it didn't run very far. So I wanted to get a good shot to make sure that I knew these things worked. It ended up being 
November 7th. No, November 11th is like everyone has kind of a lucky day deer hunting. Yep. So November 11th is my lucky day deer hunting just because of this story. I went out in early October, missed this buck. It was the anniversary of uh, our grandma dying. It was October 30th that year. I went out after work. I'm like, I want to go, you know, Halloween, but grandma died on this day. So I'm going to go back out and I'm going to go hunt this day. Literally, I walk out there and it's not that far of a walk from where I have to work. And I'm sitting in this blind for, I don't know, maybe five minutes. I don't think I was even ready. Like I wasn't quiet walking out. It was pretty high wind. And this buck is sitting there at 20 yards. And I, and I couldn't get a shot because there was this brush, this, this one little tiny tree sitting right where his vitals are. And he's got his head up and he's, you know, scraping on the ground. And I'm just like, God, dang. and he goes into the woods. And then all of a sudden it was this one morning. It was a cold snap. I have like the jewelry deer cast and they're like, Oh, it's going to be a good day. And I'm like, well, I got, it was, um, was it president's day. That's in November. No. Veterans but Day. Vet, Veterans Day. So it was Veterans yeah. Day. I didn't have to work. I went out that morning. And all. And this is the first time I've actually experienced the deer rut. So I'm sitting there. And I got out there super early. I'm sitting in the ground blind. And it's like the really first cold snap. I mean, it's, it's an October 30th. It's like 20, I don't know, 20 degrees, 25 degrees. And I'm freezing my ass off. I had the, I didn't have the buddy heater. My feet were cold. I didn't have a good pair of boots. So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden it was like a light switch. I don't, shooting time was six, five thirty. It was seven o'clock right on the nuts. I remember looking at my phone and I look up and I just hear this crashing. And here comes this doe running out, just panting, like just, <sighs> And I'm just like, what the, and, and she's looking right at me and I'm okay, here we go. Like I've one tag. I've been out here all fall. I want to shoot a buck, but this doe is sitting right there. So I'm like, my heart's pumping. I'm ready to go. And then she runs off, just runs like 10 yards from me, runs into the CRP field behind me. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Well, she's panting, being a new bow hunter. I'm like, that mean that must mean that you know, she's ready to go, the the deer and the rut. And then all of a sudden I see this, this little like four pointer walk and he's standing in the same trail as her and he's no clue on what's going on. He's sitting there like, I don't know what to do. Right yeah. Here. And he's, and he's just got his nose to the ground. And I can't get a shot at him. <laughs> Otherwise, if I do, if I would have, I could have shot him or I would have shot him. He's behind me. Meanwhile, I'm cold. I'm, really against like scent and coffee in the blind but i knew it was gonna be cold so i brought this thermos <laughs> this red thermos full of coffee and i'm just a plain old jane folgers medium no sugar no cream drink it black kind of guy well the only coffee we had was like this caramel like fucking <laughs> target <laughs> shit and i and i and i love caramel so like i got this thermos full of this caramel crap the minute i crack it open meanwhile it's making like a shit ton of noise and i'm like god dang 
So I'm trying to open the lid, open the lid, dump my coffee in there, and the minute I start dumping it, all I smell is it's just fucking straight caramel. <laughs> and I'm like, I am screwed. So like, and the wind's blowing at my face towards the CRP field where this doe and this this four-point buck ran behind me. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, God dang it. And I take one sip, and I hear something. And the whole back of the blind is enclosed. So I got my coffee. You know, the steam's coming out of the cup. I look back. I open the back window a little bit. And I shit you not, at like 10 feet away is that four-point buck just staring at me. He wants some caramel coffee. <laughs> he was like, curious. And he's just staring at me, and he starts, you know, stomping. And I'm like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. And I was waiting for the, you know, the big blow. And he never did nothing. He just stomped, and then he leaped back into the woods or into the CRP field. At this time, I drink all my all my coffee in the thermos. It's like 10 o'clock. I got to piss. I can't figure out what the hell is going on. So then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I got to go back. I got to go home. So I go home, and I swing by Fleet Farm. And I don't know if any of you guys known this, but if you go to Fleet Farm, they have, like, these union suits that are just straight red. And they are warm as hell. So I pick up one of these union suits. I pick up these super thick wool socks, and I head back out. I'm caught up. Hold on. Time out. So I'm cold as hell. And I go, I leave, I leave the ground blind. It's about 10.30, and I go to Fleet Farm. I'm on my way home, and I grab the biggest set of wool socks I can find. And I also buy a, a union suit. And if you've never had a union suit, I highly suggest getting a union suit. What is a union suit? A union suit is pretty much just a big cotton onesie with an ass flap. It is... Can this, you find the ones with an ass flap? Are, are I've been you, looking. It, are, are well, they're not really like an ass flap. It's just like a thing that it's over your butt cheeks, and you slide it sideways. It's supposedly supposed to go over the toilet, toilet seat to keep warm. Yeah, and uh, so it's not like a big back barn barnyard no, door. Like, no, but those Mr. are the Edwards old ones. On, that yeah. that's what it is, though. Essentially, that's what it is. But they just don't make the where you just have the buttons, buttons. It, and then they fl- it flops down, which I wish they made. Oh yeah, I would. I would should flapper yeah yeah so like i bought a union suit they're not too bad you have to be careful washing them because they do shrink a lot and if you're doing a lot of walking don't buy one because you will sweat so fucking bad or dress light above it yeah they are so warm so i bought that went home put on my socks put on my union suit and i headed back out to the blind head back to the blind we have like a, a Snapchat group with all our buddies and, you know, we're taking pictures and some guys are smoking, you know, ribs or butts or whatever. And I'm out deer hunting and I'm just goes, it goes back to what I've kind of said before. There's certain nights where you know that like there's something different. Like there is this like, I don't know if, if it's confidence or if it's there's like something in the air you like you know that there's like magic in the air so to speak and that something's gonna happen tonight so i'm sitting there and it's like i don't know four o'clock and 
this little four pointer comes back in, and I had a a fake uh, mock scrape twenty yards from me, and he's sitting right at this mock scrape, and I'm watching him. I take a little Snapchat video, send it to the guys, and I'm like, oh yeah. And my brothers are like, oh, it's you know, it's a good night. If it feels you know like something good's gonna happen, and literally ten minutes later. The first grunt I've ever heard in my entire life from a deer, I hear a grunt. And I'm like, what in the fuck? And here comes this eight-point buck. Walks out of the same spot I've seen him walk out a million times. Walks right past my mock scrape. And he is on a mission. And he's just burp, burp, burp. And I'm just like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Grab my bow. He's, at this point... There's a tree at 12 o'clock. He's about two. And I grab my bull. I start pulling back, and he's almost at one o'clock. And I start bop, bop, just making as much noise as I can. And he is just no. So where's that doe at this point? That I don't through? know where she was. Oh, she was gone. Yeah. So, oh, really? Yeah. And so then I'm sitting there, and I'm got my bow jaw back i'm trying to get him to stop and he won't stop and and he's at one o'clock this tree's at 12 o'clock and the tree's at 20 yards and i'm sitting there and i'm like god dang it stop 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 and he won't stop so what do i do i panicked and i shot and i hit him in the ass <laughs> right so i hit him like right in front of like back behind like mid in front of uh, the well, the back legs right and i'm like god dang so it all the guts right like and so i'm like god dang it i see him run 20 yards and fall over and i'm like okay and he's just sitting he's just sitting there and i'm like okay and then he tries to get up cuz there's a there's a barbed wire fence right mm-hmm. right where he's laying like maybe 10 yards he tries to get up and he can't get up. And then he sits back down for maybe 10 more seconds, tries to get back up again, and he's really trying to get up. And then all of a sudden, he just flops over. First person I call was Matt. I'm like, I got him. I got him, I got him, and I can barely talk. I'm, I, I'm shaking at this point. Like, I am legitly, like, my legs are, you know, moving back and forth. My hand is just going absolutely ape shit. And he's like, where is it? I'm like, I can see it. This it's, is your first buck, right? No, it's my second. But this is the like this is one that I this is my first that I've got like pictures from. Okay. And he was kind of like a target buck and I thought he was like the big buck. First you know? one you can uh, air quotes uh you're hunting. Yeah. The, the, yep. Yep. You're really hunting th- this buck. I, yeah, I'm really yep. hunting this buck. Okay. And he's like, Where is it? And I'm like, he's he's forty yards from me. I can see him, he's laying down. And I'm like, it was a shitty shot. He's like, where'd you hit it? I'm like, hit him in the ass. He's like, well, don't, you know, he's don't telling pressure him, don't him. go, don't go there. Don't go walk up to him. Don't scare him off. Just leave him sit. I have to watch the kid till this time, and then we'll come up and we'll, you know, we'll go get him. And I'm like, okay. Well, I'm, so I call Matt, obviously, and then now I call Mitch, and I tell Mitch, and he's at home, and he's got his girlfriend there. Danielle and he's starting to get everything ready and like do we need the ranger and and I'm like yeah it'd, it'd be <laughs> it'd be nice to drag it with the ranger instead so <laughs> he's at home he's starting to get this shit ready and then I call Seth 
And Seth's like, oh, no way, man. No freaking way. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, that's freaking awesome. Like, you know, I'm like, you want to come? He's, I'm like, he's just sitting there. I, I shot him kind of bad, and I don't know what to do. I really, like, he hasn't moved in, like, the last, you know, how long? He's like, well, how long did you shoot him? I'm like, I don't know. I shot him, like, maybe 20 minutes ago. He's like, has he moved? I'm like, no. He's like, and I explained to him how he tried to get up and all this. He's like, he's dead. He's like, he's dead. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. He's like, just go out and, you know, find your arrow and look and see how much blood there is and all this. And then slowly start, you know, if you think it's a good shot or there's a lot of blood and he hasn't moved, like, the whole time that you're 20 yards away from him, there's a good chance that he doesn't lift his head up or anything. He's like, how is he? And, like, the big thing that kind of stuck out to me is he's sitting there and he's like, well, how is he laying? And I'm like, well, he's laying on his side. He's like, deer don't just lay on their side. He's like, they don't like that. They don't lay on their side. Yeah, it's true. He's like, yeah, you drive by like a pasture, or like horses or cows. They they don't lay on their sides. Horses yeah. do. Cows don't. Well, yeah, horses kind of. Yeah, it's kind of freaky when you see them like. Well, I food. say in a couple times, I'm like, I think there's a dead horse in your field, dude. And then all of a sudden, they <laughs> pop up and gallop away. I'm like, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. I oh. thought I legitly <laughs> thought the same thing a couple of days ago when I drove drove past this guy's field, horse pasture. So this deer is laying on his, it'd be his right side. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Well, I'm walking around, I'm looking, there's, you know, I mean, it's a rage extreme. They're, they're awesome. And there's blood everywhere. So I decided to say, screw it. I'm going to risk it. I walk across the creek, walk up to the deer, give it a little kick. <laughs> poke, poke. Nothing. He's done. You poke him in the eyeballs. See if they blink or what? Yeah, a vet actually told me that because we had a miniature donkey that died on our on our farm, <laughs> and they said, "Well, if you want to know if it's dead or not, just poke him in the eyeballs. Because <laughs> if you if he moves, I mean, if he's alive at all, he's gonna flinch or move. Makes sense. So hey. if you got the balls to poke a eight point buck in eyeballs, <laughs> go for it. I don't suggest it. <laughs> yeah, and I usually stick with the ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> But I walk up to it. I poke, I kick it a couple, you know, nudge it a little bit. It's dead. I'm just like thanking the Lord. Like I just shot this deer and I see where I shot him and I'm not really sure what the frick's going on in my head at this point in time. And call Mitch, tell him I'm here. I see the deer. It's dead. Call Matt. Tell him, yeah, I went and, you know, it's dead or whatever. Mitch is like, okay, well, once you come home, and then we'll get the ranger, we'll go back out there. I'm like, okay. Or I think he was on his way home from work, or he was doing something. <laughs> and I drive home, and Mitch's truck's sitting there, the trailer's sitting there, and the ranger is nowhere to be found. Now you just got to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. So, I'm, and, and it's starting, it's like, at, it's dark at this point, and I remembered that... A couple days ago, someone shot a deer around there and didn't go find it. And there's coyotes that ate it. So, and the first thing I'm thinking in my head is there's coyotes around there. And they're going to go find this buck. And they're going to start eating and rip it apart, you know. And how far how far did you have to drive back home? 20, minute, 20 minutes. Okay, it's not That's far. not super but, far. But far enough. But, like, <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. I walk into the house. Danielle's, you know, sitting kind of sitting there and 
I'm like, where the fuck's Mitch? He's taking a shit. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, he's taking a shit. I'm like, I'm in a crucial. I just shot my biggest buck ever. And Mitch is taking a shit. I'm like, okay. <laughs> when yeah, He's got to take a pregame dump. He's got, <laughs> he's getting ready to go. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. You come on your feet. I'm like, when, when did he go in there? She, he just went in there. And I'm like, it's going to be a while. I mean, it's going to be like at least 15 minutes. <laughs> He's got to look at the Northern Tool magazine or Cabela's or whatever it is. Facebook Marketplace. So then I go outside and I'm just like, in my head, I am absolutely just panicking. So I'm, I don't know what I did in between, but then all of a sudden Mitch comes out and I'm, and I'm explaining to him about like, you know, there's, there's coyotes out there and all this shit. He's like, well, go out there. I'll meet you. And I'm like, all right, well, don't even worry you know, whatever, we'll, we'll figure this out. I just, I need to get out there. So I get out there. I talk to the, the landowner right next to this property. Cause it's kind of, I'm hunting like right on the fence line. And I'm like, Hey, I just shot this buck. Can I drive down your, you know, your fence line to go get it? And it'd be like a, maybe like a 50 yard drag to get it in the back of my truck. He's like, yeah, go right ahead. Go down there. So I call Mitch. I'm like, okay, Mitch. I can just, you guys come down here, game directions, just drive down to my truck and it'll be easy to go. It'll be good to go. I'm like, I'm going to go start gutting the deer. And he's like, okay. So I get to this deer and all of a sudden I just start, you know, one cut in and I start hearing shit. And I mean, I'm there's stuff running around me and I'm like, oh my God, these coyotes are coming in. Like they... Like, I made one cut, and these things are right here. <laughs> like a shark. <laughs> so, like, I got my my buck knife, right? And I'm ready to go. And so I call Mitch, and I'm like, where the fuck are you? He's like, oh, we're, you know, we're right, right, we're on this area, and we're on our way. And I'm like, dude, get here. There's shit running around. I'm like, I think these coyotes are coming in. He looks at me, or he, he he's like, you got your bow? I'm like, yeah, I got my bow. What the fuck is that gonna do? <laughs> like, I got one shot at one fucking coyote. Like, there's probably like ten of them. Not Robin Hood here. Yeah, and I'm just like, I got my knife. And as soon as I said that, I think Mitch is like, well, "What the fuck's that gonna do?" And I'm so I, at this point in time, I'm like, my adrenaline's running, and I'm like, I'm gonna fight to the death over this <laughs> damn deer. So <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I'm just like in this dead stance like like i don't know like i'm like from, the mo- like from the movie 300 a gladiator like waiting and all of a sudden i hear this hold i hear this hold burr Uh-oh. and i'm like burr burr who the fuck is burr and i look over to my left and i have like a big i don't know like fucking 8000 luminot flashlight i don't know what it is and i shine it down this fence line and here's a doe, like 30 yards from me. And here's this little four-point buck. <laughs> oh, I've heard this story. Getting up on her. <laughs> and I mean, he's getting up on her. Like, I can... <laughs> and, like, he's he's just going to town. Like, like if you've ever seen Bad Boys 2 and the rats, <laughs> like, they fuck just like us. Like, he's on top of her, just going to town. And I can hear, like... <laughs> and I can't stop, but like, what the hell is going on right now? about your schooling, boy. So I call Mitch. Hey, you could got three deer if you play some just right. <laughs> I know. And they're staring right at me. And like, I took my phone out. And I took a Snapchat of this, right? <laughs> and you can see their eyes. Like, all of a sudden, like, 
I'm like, I'm sitting here trying to gut my deer, and there's a buck fucking a doe. And I sound like complete hillbilly. And I shine my phone, and it's on, like, just the flash. And you see two, one set of eyes, and then all of a sudden, like, this thing looks like it's got four eyes. <laughs> because, like, the buck is right on top of her just going to town. So I call Mitch, and I'm like, dude, where are you? And he's like, I'm almost there, I'm almost there. I'm like, there's a buck fucking a doe, like, 20 yards from me. And he's like, no way. I'm like, I'm dead serious. Check your phone. I just took a Snapchat of it and sent you guys. So, like, that's the first time I've ever experienced, like, this doe running around after I've shot this eight-point buck. And then all of a sudden this four-pointer coming around and being like, oh, looks like you just took the big boy down. And now I'm going to go take this doe and take her to town. And I'm going to watch you gut him. No more competition. And, like, and I'm pretty sure, like, when Mitch and Dan, like, Mitch came up to help me, you know, finish gutting it. And I'm pretty sure they were still, like, going after it damn near like they stopped a couple times but they like we're still like not that far away just screwing each other apparently it's not the deer that scott shot at no that was uh the next year after right (laughs) well you you talk about you know the this is the first deer hunt that you've ever heard a deer grunt well sounds like you you got a lot more what you bargained yeah and a lot more grunting there (laughs) it's a story that like you grunting moaning whatever yeah you can't make it up like who can make up the fact that you shoot this deer and you're freaking out about these coyotes that ate a deer like a couple days ago and all of a sudden, here's two deer just fucking, like, 30 yards away. Like, I I'd never in my life would I think I'd see two deer screwing. Because you see, like, people that go out all the time, you know? Well, you said earlier in this podcast, I think if you rewind back, you'd hear, you said something about the magic was in the air that <laughs> night. <laughs> well, not just for you, but for that lucky young buck, because you took out his competition, yeah. and, and now he got what he was looking for. <laughs> No, and I don't know what it is, but fuck, dude. That was, I was, like, waiting to tell that story till bow hunting, and then we're, like, you know, talking about your first time with your dad and your sister, and I was, like, the first, like, That's big. That's a weird transition. Well, no, but, like, I was thinking, yeah, like, what's, what's the one story that, like, the one deer hunting story that sticks out? Like, your first experience? Well, my first experience is <laughs> seeing two deer fuck for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> nothing you know, I got nothing have oh, you seen what? it uh no have you seen it no I have not well, there we go here's one for me and one for my homies <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen that little four pointer though he's still around that's kind of like that picture you see out there where you got the one buck fucking a doe and another doe's gonna f- or another buck is fucking that buck <laughs> <laughs> you're never gonna see that again no nope. interesting wow. Uh, similar experience mine with that story, and besides the fucking. <laughs> yeah, how do, you, how do you follow up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I just, I need to tell this that is, story. I need to get, I need to, I just like that story. You, feel <laughs> you got it out now? You feel better? Yeah, I feel way better. <laughs> oh, been holding suck. that till, I wanted to save it till like September, but I guess I'm going to say it here in like February. That was a long ways away. <laughs> um, sitting in the deer stand, same spot as my first deer. Uh, I think I just woke up from one of my 15 naps of the day and heard the crashing, then saw the doe just stop. I just brought my gun. It's the first deer I saw all weekend, so I'm like, I'm taking it. It's the second weekend of deer hunting, so if it's brown, it's down, and I've always lived by that philosophy for deer. 
Just the first? <clears throat> is this the second weekend or the first weekend? Too? This is the second. But the second the, weekend. I'm, I'm saying their philosophy. Ah, uh, first and second. <laughs> Meets meet. So, I'm first year I've seen or heard or even can shoot at. So I brought the gun right away, shot the doe. Doe pretty much just dropped right there. Didn't really think of why she was running through the woods or anything like that. So I waited that, waited about ten minutes in the stand. She didn't move at all, didn't flinch. So unloaded the gun so I can climb down my deer stand and stuff. And then as I was opening the zipper to the wraparound for the deer stand, climbed down the ladder, I heard more crashing or walking through the woods. I'm like, oh shit. Here then I'll, Here comes that buck chasing that doe. Yep. And then kind of, I'm like, oh shit, this is like the first buck I've seen while hunting and everything like that. So I'm excited. Everything got erased from my head. Turned the safety off, brought the gun to my shoulder, pulled the trigger. All I heard was a click. Oh shit. And the buck heard that too. I'm like, son of a bitch. As, as I'm trying to jack another shell into the gun, but he freaking, as soon, as soon as he heard that click he was gone i'm like god damn it you know it's funny you say that because now that actually leads off to to my story where i shot my first buck and this is a year uh i think it was the first year that Wyatt was sitting with me we were out in a new new area uh, a good friend of mine brad he he invited us to come out and hunt on this land out you know west of uh west, western minnesota and it was the last sunday of the season and we were sitting there, we, we were fortunate enough, we seen tons of deer. Enough deer to where we actually had a tally markers on the side of the in, enclosed deer stand um, marking how many bucks we've seen versus how many does we've seen. It's just that they were way too far away for us to shoot with a shotgun, and they're moving way too fast for us because we're, we're hunting right off of some um, state land. And uh, was it, What was it? Was it warm out? No, it, well, I, I would say it was uh, uh, kind of a fair weather. You know, you're, you're mid to uh, higher like, 30s. Okay. It, it wasn't super warm. But the thing is, we had all these people hunting the state land. We were sitting on private land, uh, fairly close to the border, that private land versus the state land. And we had all these people. We could see all the orange walking. You know, when they're on that state land, they just walk. There's no places for stands. It's not wooded, really. A couple little small thickets here and there. Um, but anyways, our, our very last day of the hunt, we went back to the cabin and we kind of, you know, mid morning, we went back and we, we got a few things ready to go for the, to the trip home. And we, we decided we're going to sit the rest of the day out in the stand. And this is actually pretty early in the day. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, we thought, well, we, we better shoot something here. It's, it's getting to that time of the, the season where I'll use Cody's philosophy. If it's brown, it's down. <laughs> And um, we were in a stand, you know, probably uh, 15 to 20 minutes after, you know, going back to the cabin, things like that, gathering our stuff. And we see this uh, buck. I, all I remember was this this rack was like, and this is the first buck um, sh- uh, within shooting distance that I've ever seen in my life hunting. And it's always been does, things like that. And I, I have actually been kind of waiting to say this story for a while, but it, it just follows in with what Cody just said, too. And we were sitting there. This this buck is is running. He's had a pretty good uh, pace. He's probably 
three, four hundred yards north of us. I pull out the grunt call, and he, he's running away from us, basically, or parallel to us, I should say. And I pull out my grunt call, and I just give it this big old just to just see what happens. All of a sudden, that noise turned that that deer right towards us. He's running right to our stand. I'm like, holy shit, that worked. This is great. So, you know, with Wyatt being, I think he was 10 years old, we're sitting there like, oh, my God, this deer's coming towards us. And he had a gun with him, and, and, you know, it was we're at the point where we're going to decide who's going to shoot this deer. And I'm like, well... Let's see. Let's see what happens. What side it comes in on, and things like that. It kind of came in on Wyatt's side, actually. But I said I'm going to take the shot because he stopped about 70, 75 yards away, not terribly far, but far enough. We're 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 shotgun country, and uh, I looked on my my uh, sights, and and I pull the trigger. All I hear is a click. While well, all Wyatt heard was click. Fuck. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, we just got done walking back into the stand shortly, so yeah, we had you know empty chamber. So I I put a shell in the chamber and uh, I take a shot. I I could tell I hit the deer. I wounded up up towards the front quarter somewhere, and this deer ran I don't know fifty maybe sixty yards away and got in across the creek and got into this thicket of woods, real small piece of woods. So I decided to take another shot. I did take another shot. The deer, you know, I seen it crunch down and uh, just kind of crawled around that thicket for a while. And I'm like, oh, I think we got it. <laughs> like, even though we got that click, shit. <laughs> you know, that, that it was so loud. And, oh, yeah. You know, we, our windows were open in the stand. It, it wasn't what we weren't quiet at all. And uh, we started walking towards towards that deer in that thicket and. We noticed we, we we couldn't really even see it in there very well at all, and uh, we got closer and closer. We ended up having to cross the little creek, and here the deer is. It's laying up against a small tree. It's dead, and um, it was a. It ended up being because we really never got a very good clear view of the uh, the rack itself. We could see. It's kind of funny. It's like the big glimmer in the sunshine. It's like holy shit. This is an, this is a it's a decent buck. It ended up being a six pointer. Um, we might have to throw some pictures on the the pot uh, the the website because I've never seen a six pointer with these big of uh, uh, brow tines. The deer had like four or five inch long brow tines. It was huge. So a, it was a six pointer. Six pointer, yes. Um, big body, but the the brow tines were unbelievable. Um, and that's the one, actually, I want to get to. I have the European mount started on it. I just never quite bleached it out. It's all cleaned <laughs> off. Is this part of the, the same area you guys hunt right now? Yeah, yeah, same area. So, so do you think um, it's possibly maybe an older deer that was coming down? Um, You know, I'll have to show you some pictures here after after later on here. I Now that you say that, maybe, because he did have the body. He had a, the... Um, his face, he looked like an older deer. Maybe he was coming down. I don't know. And if he wasn't coming down, um, I think in the next couple of years, this thing would have been a monster. He would have been a nice, very, very nice, uh, nice deer. But, you know, we, we got good meat off this deer. He was, he was, it was a great hunt. That was my first buck ever. Um, I, I think, uh, why was more jazz than I was. He was, he was nuts. <laughs> You know, and, and this is my my first deer. I ended up having to clean with a 
our uh, field dress with uh, help from my buddy Brad that that you know has this land that invited us out there. He he said you're you're taking care of us and you know um, if you guys listen to the previous podcast, yeah, I explained that I didn't do a lot of that as a kid because my dad took care of it for me. So um, yeah, but but, uh, but going back on what you just said right there, it doesn't matter if someone's doing it for you. If you're going to enjoy doing it, you got to figure out how to do it eventually. Yeah, you have to be involved yeah. in, in one way, and shape, it's... or form. Um, yeah, it, it was awesome, but it was just funny, you know, hearing both of you guys talking about this story about, you know, the, you got, obviously got in some bucks that were deep in the rut. And, yeah, just one quick little uh, grunt called this deer right to me. <laughs> it, was like the, it was like the deer was on a freaking rope. Yeah, I think I pulled him right in. It was awesome. That yeah, was, that was a fun hunt. And it's <sighs> two things quick. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you haven't field dressed a deer until whenever you did. No, and facts, facts are facts. I'll yeah. tell the truth, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? There's there's nothing wrong with that. If it's not the right cards, whatever. Don't lie about it. No one's going to give a shit. Oh, no. No one cares. Oh, I haven't I haven't field dressed a deer until I was 40. Okay. okay. Like... Wow, yeah, he's got some pictures here. That's I just I just showed Kenzie the. Pictures I think that right uh, that actually looks like a pretty. I think that was gonna be a big fucking deer. I that, think that, I, I, think I think that's a might, younger deer. He might be on his way up. Yeah, that's definitely on his way up. Oh wow, that's probably about a three, two but, and a yeah. two, three and a half, two three year old deer. Yep. Next the next year, I bet she's gonna blow. But and that's and that's more. <laughs> well, that's the thing is. Not to go on another side tangent about deer hunting, but I mean that's what we're talking about. I don't care, and a lot of the like everyone. I think I can speak for myself with everyone here at Border Outdoors, or speak for everybody at Border Outdoors. If you shoot a deer, great. We're not going to tell you, oh, you should have waited till that was another year older. We're not, not going to patient you, enough. For it's shit. well, it's not even the patience. It's it's what deal with what you have. If you have private land and you can develop these deer and you can manage your herd and you can grow these big racks. Okay, great. Go do that. But if someone's going out deer hunting for the first time in five years and they see a, a three-year-old, you know, six point buck and it's the first buck that they have an opportunity, like Tim said, like his story. Exactly. It's his first buck that he can shoot, shoot it. Do do what feels right. If if you feels want, like, yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess that goes on it. But like, no one here, like, no one at border is gonna discourage you from shooting a deer. Like, I, we're. I'll tell you firsthand. We'll all be stoked. Like, that's awesome. Good for you. Like, great. Like, you have this deer that you know you shot a buck. That's fucking awesome, dude. I shot a handful of deer, and none of them have been bucks. But I'm making my way there. Right? I had a button buck where the nubs were sort of started to show, <laughs> and then the second one where the antler actually broke the skin, so it was just you're, you're on your way. No, and, yeah, give me a couple more deer, and you'll see a spike. Yeah, and that and that's like my eight point buck story. Like this eight point buck I'm talking about, this eight point buck ain't like a one eighty. It's like a one ten. Like it's nothing big. Like you see all these people. I do at least. Where these people are on Facebook and they're like, oh, what do you think this would score? And people are like, oh, it's score, you know, 130, you should wait, or 120. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, if that deer was in front of me, 
and I had my bow, I'd shoot it. Oh God, yeah. I it's a European mount. You can't eat. It's you know, like everyone says, you can't eat the antlers. Whatever. Like if if go with what you feel. Like I don't care, as long as you're doing it safe and it's a good shot. Yeah. And and that's why another thing I wanted to go back on is where I shot that that buck. Is I shot him literally right in front of the hindquarters and right behind the guts. Never hit the guts. I shot him like, I shot him right in the artery, right in like the tenderloins. Mm. So I hit that artery with that rage, and he bled out. He was dead in fucking I don't know five minutes. the The second time he tried to get up and he didn't, and he flopped on his side and he was done. Obviously, but like he, like I don't know, like. I, I, I'm a firm believer on not letting him suffer, suffer. And I've gotten fortunate enough the last two years where I shot the one, that eight pointer and the ass end. And then the other eight pointer I shot, that was a smaller one. I shot him right in the front. They both died within 40 yards yeah. and they were done. But the whole moral, moral of the story is shoot whatever makes you feel good. Yeah, exactly. You know, who cares what it is? If you're putting meat in a freezer, that's the biggest thing. Um, that's as long as it's not going to waste, right? Because that's a huge pet peeve of mine. That's my biggest thing: is it's meat in the freezer. I'm looking yeah. for meat in the freezer. It less money I got to spend at the grocery store for God knows what I'm getting there. Well, yeah, and it's yeah, as long as it's it's not going to waste. Like I, I hate it. I I cannot. I that's probably but besides people that chew with their mouth open, <laughs> um, <laughs> wasting venison is probably my second like biggest pet peeve or like any animal in general like i fucking hate it like if you're gonna go take an animal eat the eat the fucking thing or give it away don't let it sit in your freezer for three years and get freezer burnt then oh, it's, it's a waste to take yeah it's it's a fucking waste otherwise why why go out why put the time into it why spend the money in the tags and you're gone and all this crap to go out to shoot this deer and take its life, you're just gonna let it sit in the fucking freezer. Like I don't see a point in it. And yeah, and like obviously you can tell I'm getting a little heated because I <laughs> I hate it. Like I fucking hate it, and I'm cussing because more than I normally do because I oh it oh it just someone well, else it's someone a, else it, talk. It's a passion. <laughs> it's a passion that's gonna drive you to be like that. But no, I I, I I'll say it time and time again. Go out, um, get outdoors. And um, spend that time with family, any loved ones, whatever. Wh- whoever is part of your crew that's going to go hunting with you or, or making these memories, that's what it's all about. Making the memories, putting food on the table, and uh, enjoying life. That That's the biggest thing. So um, whether you're out there shooting those trophy deer or, you know, shooting oven bucks, whatever, you know, tomorrow's trophies today, That that's fine too. You know, if it makes you happy, makes you proud of what you just did, go for it, man. A bad day of hunting is still better than a good day. At oh, work. Ab- absolutely. I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't think you can eat. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna find out like what kind of person you are, go hunting. Like, if you're having a bad day or a bad week, and you can get out for an evening hunt, just being around, sitting in your stand or ground blind or not even you know, any ground blind or anything like that, if you can get out and just be by yourself and kind of take in what's going on around you, if you even see a deer, obviously if you see a deer, it's a plus. And 
just take all this shit that's going on around you. It 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 just it relaxes you. Yeah. As we're sitting around here talking about all this stuff, we got kind of. <laughs> I'm looking back through some of these pictures I have on my phone, and I, every time I see Blaze Orange coming across my pictures, I'm laughing. I got I got goofy ass pictures. Of my kids doing weird shit in a stand. We have fun. We make we make it fun, you know. We're yeah. we're not serious. Well, hunters. you're fortunate enough for you hunting a fucking box blind. It's like a hotel. <laughs> well, don't don't be don't you're, be hating. Don't be roughing it at all by no means. No, I I kick, <laughs> I, kick, I kick the kids out and they gotta go out and sit in the shit. <laughs> um, you gotta work your, your way up to yes, that. You gotta put your time in. Yeah, you gotta uh-huh. put your time Absolutely. in. Absolutely. I, I like I me personally I like roughing it to to cover something quick, Cody. You haven't been deer hunting in a couple of years. Yeah. Does uh, talking about this make you get like wonder like, okay, I think this is the year I think I'm going to go back to deer camp and I think I'm going to go and I think I'm going to go back to deer hunting. Honestly, I miss deer camp more than actually going out in the woods. Yeah. Just hanging out with people you I don't see throughout the year besides that deer camp and Honestly, majority of the time I'm in the deer stand, I'm taking a nap. Because I probably get more sleep in the deer stand than I do at deer camp. And then also it's just a peace and quiet and that fresh air. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's something different. It just knocks me right out. Yeah. Well it, it's hard to replace it. I hope yeah. Well, if you can't get out deer hunting, give me a call. I'll take you out down here. Yeah, I kinda thought about maybe looking into bow hunting. It's it. I like it. I mean, that's a whole different thing. Or at least try it. I mean, I can't knock it till I try it. I'm. Not I got for everyone that doesn't know. I've switched teams. I am not Fred Bear anymore. I have a since new, when? I have a new used Matthews. <laughs> Matthews Z7. Holy! Shit. So I am. Uh, I'm part of the Matthews Brotherhood. So I got an extra bow if you want to borrow it. As long as you Sweet. got kind of somewhat the same drawing. We're not worthy. So. I don't know. If yeah, why Why are you guys same. even in my presence? Yeah, yeah I, I have no idea. <laughs> I will tell you one thing, though. As I shot that Matthews for, like, the second time I shot it, and I, I'll show you guys the picture. I, I, I shot, like, four arrows to, like, almost Robin Hooded, like, all of them. I have never done that grouping. With my Fred Bear and the fucking three years that I've had it. It might be because the Fred Bear is like an inch too short for my draw length. And maybe because it's like a 1950s Fred Bear. But still, I shot deer with it. I shot a doe and two bucks. And and whatever, but. The closest I've ever been to Robin, Robin hooding it is putting an arrow through another fletch of one of my previous arrows. It seems like it's it's when it you happens re- all the time. When you reshoot that when you reshoot that arrow again with that hole in the fletch, it makes a hilarious sound. <laughs> <laughs> so one one thing to think about if you're out there Don't shoot at the same fucking target don't every shoot time. At the same spot. So actually, um Wyatt and I we when he bought a bow, I had to buy a bow. I just bought some piece of shit off the Craigslist, some old PSE. Doesn't matter. But what we did is Which we it made, was a Matthews, huh? Yeah. Oh, I, oh God, yeah. <laughs> a Fred Bear, I'd be happy with that. His actually was a, a Fred Bear Apprentice 3, actually, what he bought when he was nine years old. But anyway, 
we played um, tic-tac-toe. Yep. We, we uh, took a white piece of cardboard and we drew out a tic-tac-toe board. And that's what we did is we'd play tic-tac-toe and we'd shoot archery all night long. It's addicting, isn't it? it? Very addicting. And you're not shooting in that same spot all the time. So you're not wrecking your shit. Yep. You know, if you're going to sit there and beat up your arrows, well, what's the point? With uh, Butcher, Butcher got a, uh, he bought a diamond bow uh, two year, last year, I like think it was. a diamond pro? Well, no, it's, it's, uh, a di- okay. He got, he bought a diamond, which is, uh, part of, um, I think it's part of, I, I can't remember what it, uh, Bowtech, I think. And, uh, we, we play games. His brother ruined his target, so he went and bought a nice block target. And we, the one time he bought that target, we came up and we shot for like two hours. And I couldn't, and that's before I had the Matthews, and I could hardly pull my fucking bow back. I was so tired. But I came back. I, I came back because he was kicking my ass in this game we were playing, and I came back and I won, so. Uh, yeah. Whatever gets you out there shooting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, fun. it's all fun and games. The tic-tac-toe thing, we've tried that. Otherwise, you can go and you can get a bunch of, like, you can get a dartboard and play 301 or whatever the hell you want. That'd be fun. Yeah. Is there a bouncing target, too, for your bows? Bouncing? Or is uh, that for... You're, you're thinking about that one that rolls on the ground. Um, yeah. Like yeah. trap? Uh, it's like a it's like a 22 target, I think. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Yep. We got you shoot it, and then it keeps Bump, moving around. around. Oh, quick, okay. quick shot. Like we, a rabbit? We, yeah. We, I have one. We just never used it. But it seems like a bow, you kind of have more of an internal battle with yourself yeah it is for hunting and then for like rifle it's more of an external i've i've yet to shoot a deer with a rifle because it seems like you're fighting the terrain a little bit more like the distance and the trees and stuff like that i then bow is you're more like okay i gotta stay calm i gotta be patient for it to come into range yeah and and that's that's why i like is you have to I mean, with a rifle, you can shoot what two, three hundred yards. With a bow, you're shooting for me comfortably, and I've, I've been only been up bow hunting for five years. Forty is pushing it. I mean, you gotta get this deer within forty yards, so that means you have to do that much more work into finding their stand placement, finding out where they're gonna go, and it's it's all luck. I mean, you just have to be in your stand to be at the right place at the right time. Is all deer hunting is for the most part. Yeah, but well, I mean, once as soon as the deer comes in, I mean that's where the skill takes place. And and that yeah, and that's that's where the the shooting like bow bow is tough. I'm not saying anybody can do it. You see people that shooting with their feet that are you know that lost their arms or weren't born with it, and they and they still love bow hunting. Or people that are using their teeth. It's just it's something that everybody can do. And it's something that's tough for everybody, regardless of what you're doing. It's a mental game. If you can overcome the mental game of bow hunting, and that's you're you're golden. Like I, I love it. I that's my number one thing is I want to shoot. My number one thing on my bucket list of my whole life is I want to shoot a bull moose with a bow. Another nice thing about the archery, though, just 
fart around in the backyard and practice. It's cheap. It's a lot cheap. It's <laughs> yeah. a hell of a lot. That's what I was getting at. It's yeah. a hell of a lot cheaper than sitting there shooting sabots at a at a, well, you know, a target. And you can do it anywhere. You can do it in town. Like if you if you yeah. if you live in a housing development, as long as you're you're under control and you got a good spot. Safe yeah. background. You're safe. Yeah. If you can get like them big things and you have a target out there, you can shoot off your fucking deck in town. One of my goals is to drop a deer at 300 plus yards. We better start deer hunting. Well, you're not going to get 300 <laughs> plus yards around in Minnesota. Uh, if you maybe, uh, I mean, there's different terrain. You can go up to like northwest, like Grand Forks. You could. I don't know. Your female uh, cousin was pretty close to dropping one her first time shooting. Yeah, twenty gauge. Addy, yep, yep. With she, the twenty gauge, she shot at a doe at twenty or two hundred and fifty yards. She drew a lot of blood, but we didn't get the deer. That was a bad deal. We that was put, a we, long we shot for a slug. That was a very long, how long shot. How long did you look? We looked for hours, but. We tracked it right away. We screwed it. Oh, you pushed it? We pushed it. Because oh. it laid down multiple times, and we kept pushing. Her being very young, wanting to get at that deer. Me being, I don't know. Excited I was, dad. I, yeah, excited dad. I wanted. To, I couldn't wait to get that picture with her, with that deer um, in her arms. I just, we got to the point where the deer actually laid down. We let it sit long enough, but when we got closer to it, when it took off, no limp, no blood trail. The deer, the deer seemed very healthy. We decided at that point it's time to let it go. Well, so um, it was sad. It it was a bad deal. How but, long? How long have you been deer? How many years have you been deer hunting? Well, like just in general, like you probably started at this age, took a break, and then went back. I, I took a huge break. Yeah, no, I started at uh, like twelve years old. I I hunted for probably. Uh, Four, maybe five years. So up, in, I'd say four years. I was about 16. And after that, I took a huge break until I was in my, well, shit, after I had kids. No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, right before I had kids. So, yeah, I, I, I took a quite a few years off. I'd say a grand total. I'm probably looking at a maybe 12 years of experience. Okay. And have oh, you, I, so like. You saying that you, you know, you guys fucked up and you pushed the deer. Did you, like, realistic, like, realistically, did you know any different? Like, like, did you know no. to wait or, like, is that, is that a learning curve for you We guys? We waited about a half an hour and I, <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to keep Addy in the stand for that half hour while we, we knew that deer ran off and there was a little bit of snow on the ground. I thought, yeah, well, we could probably start moving now and track this deer. And, well, the, the biggest thing for us, being that she was 250 yards out on that shot, we didn't really know if she really made very good contact. So we wanted to get out there to that where that first point of contact was. If there was any contact, we wanted to see if there was any blood. And we got out there, and there was quite a bit of blood. And I thought, that's enough blood to where we can start pushing, trying to find that deer now before it got too far away or whatever. Um, but... A deer will bleed like a son of a bitch for a long goddamn time before they're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's they're tough animals. That's Very like tough. when uh, I asked my car, Seth. Yeah, Seth, you were there when Seth shot that uh, that deer this last fall, and he shot it high. And we were at your house. He yep. he told this story on the podcast. Yep, he shot it high, and the he, it was a he hit the arty 
artery, but he had to, the blood had to fill the whole cavity before you saw any blood. And you hardly saw a blood trail, and I didn't think we were going to find the deer. I didn't think so either. He was, he was the one finding little specks of... Like he was on his hands and knees looking for yeah. blood. Surprised he didn't break out a little magnifying glass. Yeah, and all of a sudden, there he was. The tree really was... I think we were about to give up, and then we found the tree. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, that's a lot of blood. And, and then, that and then pretty much reinvested. And then, and then that's where Seth's talking about Cody sitting there with a cigarette. Well, here he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, when we had to let Addie's deer go, we, we knew, we felt very confident that that deer was just fine by time and healed up and took off because yeah. we watched this deer. It, we were able to see it get up from underneath a, a bunch of brush and our line of sight, we were able to see it run off at least, I'd say, 150 to 200 yards away from us. So during that time, we got a lot of uh, good looks at the deer. I kept watching how its stride was and the way it was uh, it was running and the strides it was taking, this this deer was just fine. So you think that even though you guys didn't find it, that it, it survived? I, I truly do. You think and, she hit it like and high in like the dead area? I think it was towards uh, somewhere in the, the front quarter. And I don't. Th- I think it was low enough to where it never really got into the um, vitals, vitals, or any of the, oh, the okay. chest cavity or anything. Um, or else we would have probably we would have kept going. So we, we tracked this thing probably close to. I don't. know, We put on about five miles walking, and uh, and this was through cattails and a bunch of other shit out in the woods. But yeah, we we weren't comfortable leaving the deer go until we seen it run off that last time. And the reason that we didn't take another shot while it was running off, we were on somebody else's land at that time. Okay. So we weren't going to take that shot. We were just going to let it go. And, you know, it was sad. It, I was okay with it, but <laughs> I kept on chasing this, this deer for my daughter. She wanted she wanted this deer really bad. But it's one of those things where we were comforted by noticing that how the deer was. We were confident that the deer was healthy. So let it go. Yeah. It's I mean, that's. The learning curve for her, it's a learning curve for you. Yep, absolutely. And that so. shit does happen, especially at that range with that yeah. type of weapon. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it became coyote supper by any chance. I think it was a pretty healthy deer by the time it ran off. And that so. happens quite a bit, more than oh, I'd I, like I, to I, admit for like people that you know are new to the game, and I'm not blaming them, and there's some people that do it just to give up because they're lazy, but, I mean, you can't control everyone. We just know what what we do here. And everyone, I, I, everyone's out there, you know. I've had that same experience. Uh, yeah. Bear hunting, I went bear hunting with uh, one of my dad's buddies. And we sat in stand. It was getting kind of dark, and black bear came into the bait pile. And it looked like a clean shot. It wasn't, if I remember correctly, it was it was rifle. So it looked like a clean shot, everything like that. And we spent four hours looking it was like towards dusk and it was like close to like midnight one o'clock till i got till they dropped me off at home saying and a couple guys were still out there looking there's like five or six of us looking they're still looking by the time i got home and they ended up not even finding it after like they stayed out till like 2 30 well looking for the bear and i think the blood trail just kind of got smaller and smaller yeah there's there's a lot that comes into it well it's a little preview for uh little 2021 deer hunting for anyone that's uh 
loves deer hunting like I do. There's a little preview to get you going. If he, if anyone wants to talk about anything, don't be afraid to hesitate to message us on any of our platforms. Questions at borderoutdoors.com. Uh, message us on Facebook. I we will will talk to you personally on either you know, the messages or we'll. If you want a shout out, let us know if you want a shout out for one of your buddies that listens to the podcast or yeah, where, I mean, where where are you where are you from? We yeah. let people know where you're from. We just got a message the other day from a guy in Idaho. Let us know where you guys are at. Who's listening? What do you want to hear? Yeah, any any crew out there that wants a shout out, we'll definitely give it to you guys. That's that's awesome. You know, it's fan support. We'll support you guys just as much. We'll do a uh I'll do a shout out right now for uh Big Sky Fowlers, some guys that like to hunt out in Montana for waterfall. And also uh, my buddy uh, Nick at uh, been on the podcast, Brotherhood Hunting. Um, you guys have anything you want to talk about deer hunting? No, I think we covered a <laughs> yeah, pretty quiet. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, we covered <laughs> a lot. Think. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think this is a good I think conversation. We covered quite a bit. Yep. Yeah, I will. We'll cover more of the uh, water, uh, not waterfall. We'll cover more of the uh, whitetail when it gets a little closer to to the fall. We may have a, another episode or two to ramp up, you know, deer hunting because I fucking love deer. Hunting. Get through the long winter and spring. Yeah, hopefully it 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 warms up a little bit more and I can get out and start shooting. And I, that or I have a. Big enough house where I can shoot in the basement or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Life goals. Yeah. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Ten yards all I need. Right through the right through the kitchen into the laundry room. Um, for everyone here at Border Doors, I'm Mac. I'm Cody. I am Tim. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Border Outdoors podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Links are provided at borderoutdoors.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. Tell your friends, and we'll see you at the border.